Hi all, welcome to Account Planning in the Age of COVID-19. This is Chapter 2, Episode 2. We're talking about advertising clutter, and this podcast will be a lot shorter than the first one. Um, It was kind of hard to figure out where to break up the first one. So I just want to finish talking about some of the issues related to um, advertising clutter and then that'll be the end of episode two. And then in episode three, I'll explain the secondary research project. So, all right, I'm on slide number 18 if you want to go to your PowerPoints and take a look. Otherwise, you can check later. And trying to explain the attention economy in a different way. So we we talked before in the last episode about attention and we know what that's trying to get the consumer involved, paying attention, um, noticing your brand and economy, dealing with value and worth. And so you can think of this attention economy that we're living in is where brands and consumers reside and sort of the magic money equation is when you can bring those brands and consumers together. That's what we're trying to do. And that's what we also call engagement. So the concept of engagement is that it allows the consumers to feel like they are part of the brand. Um, So, you know, in the old way of doing advertising, this was not considered. It seems a little bit bizarre that it's not considered before, but it really was just the advertiser knows everything. So get out your message, hit the consumer over the head with it. If they see it enough times, they're going to have to respond. Bada boom, bada boom, move on, go on to the next thing. And That was actually the advertising environment that I worked under many, many years ago as a copywriter. Um, We just came up with ads that we thought were fun and honestly spent very little time, it's hard to imagine now, but spent very little time thinking about whether or not these ads would reach the consumers, let alone engage the consumers. So it's a whole new world out there. And the reason why it's a whole new world out there is because of the advertising clutter, media clutter, because there's so much stuff out there. So we have to be careful with what we're saying and how we're saying it and where we're saying it. So this little picture I have on this slide, um, what you do and say, and how people feel with the brand right in the middle. That's just sort of a conceptualized model of this relationship between the brand and the consumer. This leads me to the poem model of advertising. I mentioned poem in the very first um, classes when introducing the class and how I view advertising and how we'll go about um, the advertising, it's important to get this into our heads because um, I think you all get that we don't think about the um, old way of advertising so much when if someone hands you an account and says, go do advertising for XYZ brand, you're not going to naturally say, oh, well, let's see, I think I'll do a television Um, advertising campaign and leave it at that. You intuitively know now that you have to do um, more than that. But 
The counterside of that is you might always sort of go to the, well, let's do a social media campaign. And I would argue that that is also not the correct way of thinking about the advertising campaign. That you don't want to think about where it's going to go or what kind of advertising um, campaign you're going to run but more from the perspective of what kind of advertising messages can I do that can engage the consumer at all levels. And looking at the paid model of advertising, I think is the best way to do this. So um, the poem model, I might've said the paid, the, the poem model of advertising is the best way to do that. So, um, Poem, paid, owned, and earned media. I talked about it for a few minutes, but let me talk about it in more depth here. Um, The paid part, the P, is the old traditional forms of advertising, but also digital ads. It's all the ads, so native advertising um, would be in there um, because you control the message, you pay for the message, you know where it's going to run, your money is allocated there. So the bulk of you know things that the client's gonna worry about are gonna be in this paid space um, that may might be some magazine advertising, it might be some newspaper advertising, it might be some um, television advertising, it most certainly will be social media advertising, but all in the paid controlled space. Then there's the owned space. So that's um, examples would be like um, the YouTube channel that a company owns. For our brands here, um, we're so early in the semester, I haven't actually looked to see if they have YouTube channels. I'm guessing that they do. And if so, you would want to look at them for sure. But lots of other brands I follow have YouTube channels and um, it's a it's a important tends to be an important part of the entire advertising strategy because you can place your traditional advertising in there, the stuff that you paid for to go into other places, but you don't have to pay for it if it goes in your own spot. So your company website, your YouTube channel, um, the Facebook page that you run. These are all owned media sites. And the way you build engagement there is getting people to join those channels, to like the content on those channels, to make um, comments and that kind of thing. You can do that a little bit in the traditional paid space um, where, so there's a television commercial, and the Super Bowl did this last um, last winter pretty well, where they had ads that were running, and then you had to finish the ad. You could um, respond and choose your ad ending, and so that was a way of bringing engagement um, to the ad, engagement from the consumer to the brand in a paid space. So you can get engagement in the paid space, but it's a lot easier in the owned space. Um, and also easier in the earn space because the earn space is the engagement area. So that's um, anytime something is retweeted, is liked, is um, the reply, is talked about, um, anything that, that the consumer um, themselves do to engage with the brand is the earned. And that's a spot 
um, that the client really, really is looking for. I'm doing all this other advertising, hoping to get some good earned space. So I have in this little Venn diagram, this intersection of paid, owned, and earned. It's when they all work together that is the best part that really makes the poem model come alive. When people refer back to your traditional paid advertising spots and looks at, look at them again and again, which they can do easily on your YouTube channel, or they respond to them, or they um, retweet them, all of that working together, that's what's making a great advertising campaign. And so that's what you're trying to do um, when you're working in advertising today. And that's, again, another reason why I have you all tweet about your brand so you can watch that engagement happen. So think about your own brand in this meal delivery service space. Do your consumers of your brand feel like they are owners and producers of the brand? So that's a weird thought, right? That how is the, how is the consumer the owner of the brand or the producers of the brand? And so I think it's when the consumer gets so involved in the brand and talks about it and, you know, brings it into um, their lives that then sort of what that person is like rubs off on the brand. It's a symbiotic relationship, if that makes sense. So last semester, for example, we studied um, the cruise ship industry, which was interesting in the COVID um, age. Of course, when I picked that category, I didn't know if we'd have COVID. Um, But watching Watching some of those YouTube channels of content creators who have cruising um, YouTube channels, I've watched and noticed where, you know, sort of when they didn't have any content to talk about because there's no cruising, there's still no cruising, but they've found things to talk about. Um, These meal delivery services, a lot of these people on the YouTube channels have now been sponsored by some of these meal delivery services. And so incorporated right into their content of their YouTube channel, you watch them making dinner with their meal delivery service. So um, I've seen ones for Blue Apron and I think I've seen one for freshly I'm not or hello fresh I'm not sure but I certainly have seen one for blue apron and they talk about it and it's you know it it seems really legit because they're showing it they're eating it um, but it's it's this natural part of the whole um, YouTube channel and so that's how the brand the um, consumer becomes so involved in the brand that they really become owners and producers of the brand in a way, if, you know, not too extreme, if that makes sense. So one um, cruise site that I follow, um, Griff and Alyssa, they're, you know, a pretty interesting couple. And I just watched an episode where um, they were talking about their meal delivery service that they're using. And um, it seemed really authentic to me. 
And so I thought, wow, that's such a great example. And so as you start doing research for your brands, um, don't be so tied into looking at the obvious. Go to the unobvious or the less obvious. The deeper you can go um, in the digital landscape, searching for mentions of your brand and what people are saying about your brand and research about, about your brand, you'll be able to sort of get this concept of owners and producers a little bit more. All right, so I kind of rambled on about that. Um, So the um, first project, secondary research project, will be due on Friday, September 18th by midnight. Um, You will email me the project rather than posting it in Blackboard. And on the next and last episode for Chapter 2, I will give you all the details that you need to know about the project. So with that, I'm going to sign off and y'all have a good day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and I will talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.